This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Have this series, Transforming 2017, and uh, we've been in Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll, I'll refer, read that a little bit later. But uh, we're going to stay in Ephesians for the next three weeks, Ephesians chapter 1 for the next three weeks. So you know where we're coming from, you can follow along. don't know about you, but I need to hear something a few times before it absolutely lands with me. Now you might be a really quick early adopter that just picks things up, but for most of us, we need to hear things and hear them and hear them. And uh, so we're talking about who we are in God and how much God loves us and the plan God has for our lives. And I want you to kind of grab this kind of stuff and, and understand who you are. Last, the first week in Ephesians chapter 1, we talked about uh, identity, said that we had a new identity. And in the scripture in Ephesians chapter 1, it refers to us, the church, Christians, followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, not people born in a particular country, but people who actually follow Jesus. It refers to us as holy people and saints. Saints are not an invention of the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, and that you don't need to be told by the Pope that you're a saint, because the Bible tells us if we love God and follow God, we are saints. So that's wonderful. You know, put it on your business card <laughs> if you want. But we are saints, we are holy people, not because of who we are, but who we are in God. So that's our identity. And Paul was writing to Ephesians, which were Gentiles, that's just anybody who is not Jews. And he was talking from his perspective, God is the God of the Jews then, still is now of course, but he was being, he was being inclusive, drawing people in who were not uh, Jews, but were believers in Jesus. He was drawing them in to say, you now belong, you have your identity in Jesus, you are a Christian. And then last week, Brian, he talked about a new purpose, and when we have got God living within us and we've given our lives to God, we've got something to live for, we have a new purpose. And it refers in Ephesians chapter 1 as faithful people. Faithfulness is more than passive. Faithfulness is active. If you're in a relationship, husband and wife, then faithfulness is not just not about being unfaithful. There's something active about being faithful. So I am faithful to my wife that doesn't just mean that I'm, I, I'm, I'm unfaithful, uh, that I'm interested in somebody else's wife. No, I'm faithful to my wife, but I'm active in that. I, I deliberately make sure she knows she's loved, she's cared for, and protected. Now, that might be macho. I don't, if, I don't know if that's even politically correct. I'm not that bothered about that stuff anyway. But I'm just saying that that's active faithfulness. And so, if you're in a, in a husband and wife, be faithful to one another. But it's an active thing. They show care, compassion, love, support, and do what the best that you possibly can. And it's a mutual thing. We're not just reliant on one part of the partnership. It's both of us together. Because we both have to love each other and be active in that. So, God refers to us, people who follow him, people who love him, as faithful people. So we then have a purpose. It's active. We actually do something. That's what faithfulness looks like. And uh, I'll, it's summed up really well in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, 
verse 11 in the Message Bible. It says this in the Message Bible, which sums up this new identity and new purpose. It says this, It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Just, just let's leave that scripture up a moment. Let's, let's just think about that scripture. It's in Christ, as a Christian, we find out who we are and what we're living for. As that scripture remains on the screen, let's, let's just, just think about this for just a moment. In Christ, we find out who we are and what we're living for. The big questions in life for many people are, who am I? Yeah? Who am I? And what's the point of life? In Christ, we find out who we are and what we're living for. Now, we, we all perhaps live for different, different things, and we've all got different interests and passions in our lives. And for most of us, a big passion would be our families and our friends and so on. But it's in Christ we find out who we are and who we're living for. So we find our, our identity and our purpose in Christ. So I want to move on from that building on that, I guess, identity and purpose, and say we have a new identity in Christ, we have a new purpose in Christ, but this week I want to talk about the fact that we have a new family in Christ. We become part of a new family. Now you might say, well, I'm quite happy with the family I've got, thank you very much, or I'd quite swap them for somebody else's family. (laughs) Careful with that one, because uh, sometimes other people's families look like they're all sorted, but hello... If we're honest, there's a level of dysfunctionality in most families. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just saying we have our challenges in any family. And that's okay. That's normal, right? That's normal and that's okay. But you might be a person this morning who is very much isolated. And I want you to hear this because it's a huge deal and a huge problem in our society. In all the busyness of of what we have For many people, the reality is it's a lonely existence. So there's a lot of loneliness in our our society. So if there's a lonely person on your street or on my street, I reckon that God has strategically placed me on that street to try and be part of the answer, part of the solution. I can't take everybody on. No, I can't. I'm too busy. You are too busy. But we need to slow down to try and include people. And so a new family means that we're included. And, and you know, in a family, we're all, we're all equal. We all, you know, we don't all get to, to hold the remote control. But we're all basically equal in a family. And, uh, you know, so it might be, that might be your chair in your house. Don't sit on dad's chair or whatever. Um, where I sit has a, has a, a shape. <laughs> no, and there's, there's no questioning. That that's, that's my seat. But you know what I mean? We, we need to be included. And so if you're part of God's family we're talking about now, and, and the, the, a local expression of God's family is this community, and of course other communities across East Lancashire, then we are included and we belong. So I want us to kind of think about that for a problem. We have been, in Christ we find out who we are and what we're living for. The big questions of life are answered. We've been transformed by the renewing of our mind, Romans 12, that I I preached about a few weeks ago. So we're thinking differently. And what flows from thinking differently against the active thing, we begin to live differently, better. 
more considerate, more aware of people around us, more, more compassionate. You know, there's a big deal about, in our um, world right now about refugees, and you know, it's a big political issue, and, and, and I'm not gonna, certainly not going to get into that. This is not the, 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 the place for that. But here's the thing. We care about refugees because God does. I've got plenty of scriptures if you don't agree with me. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. But we care because God does. And so at Christmas, when Pete Baker, he's up in life with life kids right now. But when Pete Baker worked with the group of people who are reaching out to refugees in this town, and he organized to get a load of fruit to take to them for Christmas... This all came from the money that you generously gave at Christmas, by the way. He was able to find food, uh, a fruit that these guys were used to where they came from and bless people with that. It's a simple thing, but we show compassion. And, you know, we, we've got a project, new, uh, the New Neighbors Project that Pete's involved in, and many of you know about it, and we can give you some more information about it as and when appropriate. But we, 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 we include people. We don't say, you're not like me, so you don't fit. No, God says we all fit together, and that's, that's beautiful. And one of the strengths of this church is that we have all sorts of different ages. We've got people different backgrounds, different colors, different nationalities. Love it. Love it. Because that's what family looks like, different people and, and so on. So we, we, we get that. So we're transformed. We are transformed people, and we have transformed living, and we're into transforming community. So we have a new identity, a new purpose in Christ. So we get this, in Christ we have a new identity. In Christ we have a new purpose. In Christ we have a new family. And I want to read uh, to you from Ephesians chapter 1 again. And as I say, we read it quite a few times. Keep reading it until I get it. I mean, I'm sure you're quicker than me, but we'll keep going. Ephesians 1 verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ by the will of God. What a transformation this guy had. He was the ultimate poacher turned gamekeeper. He was the guy that persecuted Christians, and now he was so influential and important. To God's holy people, or the saints as I put it in some translations, in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ. And here it is, the, the verse about the fact that we're family. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. Some people think God's everyone's Father. Not according to the Bible. Only people who've put their faith in God. He's their Father. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Every blessing. Wonderful. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship. So he's actively included us in family through Jesus Christ. In accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth 
under Christ. Verse 11, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined, according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of salvation, when you believed you were marked or identified as belonged to Jesus, in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guarantee in our inheritance unto the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Rattle through that a bit because we've heard it a few times and I encourage you this week to read it again. There'll be things that you don't understand perhaps in the passage, haven't time to explain and unpack all of that, but you probably have a Christian friend who can help you with that. That's a good thing to do. It's never a sign of weakness saying you don't understand something. It's a good idea because that's how we all learn, of course, by asking questions. So here we are. We're talking about a new family. So on Mother's Day, we're talking about families, okay? Now we know, you know, I know, for some family, some people haven't got a great experience of a mother. For most of us, thank God, we probably have pretty good experience of mothers and and, uh, appreciate our mothers. My, my mother went to be with the Lord a very long time ago, but still, I thank God for her. And so we have good memories. And ultimately, that's all we're left with. But thank God for that. And we look forward to the day when we reunited in Christ. So it might be a struggle to you. Mother's Day might, not be, the, might be a bit of a struggle, right? But I want you to know that you've we, you're a part of a new family as a Christian. So I, I wanted to, to encourage us with, with that about being a new family. And there's a couple of things from Ephesians chapter 1. First of all, that God says about us and God says who we are. And first of all, from Ephesians chapter 1, it tells us that God loves us. You know, 50 years since the release of Sgt. Pepper, the album by the Beatles... With the track, All You Need Is Love, it's still true. God loves us. God, our Father, our Father in Christ by faith, loves us. Secondly, He chose us. You know, you might think, well, I've never been chosen for anything. I'm almost like the last pick. I'm always kind of overlooked. Let me tell you this morning, God chose us. He chose you. He, number three, He adopted us. So we have been adopted into God's family. Now we understand what adoption means. But once you are adopted into a family, you are as an equal member of that family as anybody else, right? So we have people in that situation, you've been adopted into family. So you're family. But when it comes to Christianity, we're all adopted into family. We're not biologically born into God's family. Really important to understand that. But God adopts us. He chose us and he adopts us into his family. So you are an equal member as much as I am, as much as anybody else is in faith by Christ. Fourthly, he included us. We're no longer excluded. You, you might have been in situations where you felt excluded. Well, let me tell you this morning, you are included in Christ, into God's family. And finally, the fifth one there, he marked us. And otherwise, he identified us as his own. So in a family, in a lot of situations, in family, we have family characteristics, don't we? You know, it might be our physical appearance. It might be uh, 
uh, sorry, uh, the expressions that we have, it, it, it might be just little bits of things you think, ah, I know who that is. I know which family you're part of. And in most cases, this is, this is a really, really kind of good, good kind of positive thing. But God's put his mark on us. He talks about be, being the Holy Spirit, our deposit, guaranteeing what's to come. And Brian mentioned that last week. So we've been marked out as how we appear. My son Matt has a particular thing with his hair, a, a sort of like a quiff in his hair, and he's not in at the moment, so I can talk about him. He, he's got a particular thing with his hair, which is exactly the same as his mother had, and all his, his uncles on his mother's side. And that's just something that is a family characteristic. Now, you might have a particular thing, brown-eyed, blue-eyes, um, fair hair, no hair, whatever it is, there's a family characteristic. But that marks you out. But hopefully, as Christians, it's not our appearance, it's our characteristics. It's our concern uh, for people. It's, 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 it's our Christ-likeness that marks us out. That's what, so a good family looks like that. We can say that we are loved, chosen, adopted, included, and marked out because of Jesus. In Christ, we have those things. Now, I've got three other things that I want to talk to us about this morning, about this family that's caused, called God's family. Some of the, these expressions you might have heard of before. Someone else might have said them before. But I want us to kind of grab them. This first one is that we're formed for family. There it is. We are formed for family. Um, Rick Warren, the Purpose Driven Life guy, that many of you have read the Purpose Driven Life book and, and so on. Uh, incredible Christian leader. Real blessing to the church over, over the last 20, 30 years. He uses this term, we are formed for family. Now just think about that. And I think it's such, such a true thing that we are formed for family. God designed us, made us to thrive in a family. Now, if you think about that from a biological family, babies cannot survive. When, they, when baby is born, it needs 100%, 24-7 care, yeah? So babies are formed to, be, to fit into a family. So it needs a mother figure. It needs carers to look after it until it gets stronger. And for many, many years, children need our care. And so thank God that we had, we've all had mothers or carers who've looked after us and helped us through those difficult, struggling times when we were 100% dependent on them. And over a period of time, they begin to release us and let us go. And that's one of the hardest things about being a, being a parent, I guess. But we, as we do that, we thank God for that. But we were formed for family in a, in a natural, biological sense. Babies can't survive without them. And again, you know, I'm trying to be... There's a level of sensitivity here because some of you might not have had a great mother experience. But someone else at some point has come into your life, looked after you, cared for you, blessed you, and been that person to you. So thank God for all of us who do that. And I love it on, on Mother's Day when we, 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 we bless all the ladies because we see you as mothers in this house. We see you as an inspiration to us and we appreciate your love and care and support for, for, for many people. So we were formed for family. Quality close relationships keep us happy and healthy. There's been loads of studies on this and people who are in a good, healthy relationship 
our relationships with a number of people generally are happier and more healthy. Makes a lot of sense, that. I mean, it's not, it's not uh, that revolutionary, I guess, when you think about it. It makes a lot of sense. But we were formed for family, to be in a family. And um, the way uh, it's put in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, chapter 1, excuse me, verse 5, it says, we've been adopted to sonship. When it comes to God's family, we're adopted, we're not born a Christian. Galatians 3, 26 We're children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. That's how we become children. Not born, adopted into God's family when we express faith in God and we invite him to be the Lord of our lives. So in verse 2 of Ephesians 1, Paul says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul refers to God as our Father. We know the prayer. The Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, and so on. So it's our Father. There's something about us having that commonality of knowing that God is our Father. And so we, we, in the family, there's only one Father, and that's God is our Father. In fact, the Bible says, don't call anybody Father. In the sense of, don't give that authority. We call our own uh, biological fathers, dad, and, and so on. But, you know, far, we don't refer to anyone as father as a position because we have one father, and that is God. So God is our father. Now, in, in verse 5 of Ephesians chapter 1, not sure if I've explained that really well, but uh, we need to move on. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, and the New Living Translation puts it like this. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Love that. God decided in advance to do this so it was always part of his plan that you would be in his family. Love that. And secondly, it gives him great pleasure. So how about that? You're not just kind of an afterthought or you just kind of snuck in while no one was noticing as part of God's family. No, deliberately God decided in advance to bring you into his family. Wonderfully, God takes pleasure in you and in me. Wonderful. I love it. He decided in advance and he gets great pleasure from that. So we notice through this scripture that the means of the transformation of transformation is adoption. So the transformation transaction takes place by the fact that we are adopted. Got it? We are adopted into God's family. We are formed for family. God brought us in through Jesus. It's in Christ. It was only through Jesus. And we need more and more strong families in our society. No question about that. Now, we get this idea of what a family looks like. We talk about a strong family. We think of like the mafia or something. We think of a dysfunctional family like the Simpsons, or we think of a perfect family like the Waltons. I don't mean Mark and Helen, uh, although a great family. We think of a family... All right, mate. Uh, These are pictures of families that we know from TV, right? And we know that all families probably have a mixture of all I've just said. (laughs) Strong families make for a strong society. This family of God's people, Life Church, here in East Lancashire, 
makes for a better community, a better family, and we should be a blessing, and we are a blessing to other people. So church, some people are easier than others to get along with. But to quote the famous theologian, theologian's sister Sledge, we are family. <laughs> All my sisters and me, we are family. So we, get, we, we make it work, right? We make it work because we are family. And with your own family, they do your head in, right, at times, or the bless you at times. There's all this kind of stuff going on, but actually we're family, so we work this stuff out. We work it out because it's that important. And so we don't disown members of our family, we draw them in. And so this is, this is important, that's our society. God's decided in advance to adapt us, sorry, adopt us, not adapt us. It's me who thinks about adapting people. God decided in advance to adopt us into his family, and it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Your father and mother may have been great, good, bad, or perhaps not so good, but God, your heavenly father, is perfection, personified. He's perfect. And he's adopted you in his family. So we're formed for family. We have a new family. And secondly, we are created for community. It's clear, as Paul's writing in Ephesians chapter 1, to the church at Ephesus, a literal place. I've been there a couple, of ta- a couple of times. I've been fortunate enough to visit it, although the city's not where it used to be. It used to be, on the, used to be a port, and it's about two kilometers from the sea now because of, of the, the um, what's it called, volcanoes and stuff. And, and so it, it's different, so it's moved around. But these were real people in a real place, like we are in a real place in East Lancashire. Paul's like writing to a community, and to us, of course, who follow on. But he's writing to a community. He's not writing to just one or two particular people. He's definitely not just writing to the leaders of the church in Ephesus. He's writing to the, the, the church, all of us. So it's a communal perspective is clear in this letter. Holy people, saints, that's plural. God our Father. Again, plural again. So God's speaking to, in plurality, Paul's speaking in plurality, the Word of God to the people in Ephesus. So it talks of, it clearly, he's speaking to a community. And there's a lesson to us as individuals to look at this teaching in the light of being, belonging to God's, to a community. We are created for community. Sadly, Many people don't have much community experience or much reality of community. So again, our challenge, my challenge, your challenge, not one person or a team's challenge, is to make people who who join this church or visit this church to feel that this is a community they could be part of. It's really important that we all, it's a culture, not a job, right? So we say we're an inclusive community, and and thank God in many ways that we are, and we're working on being better all the time. But we include people. It's an inclusive community. So we were created for community. The Bible doesn't know anything, or, or the Bible doesn't give any license for us to be solitary saints to be individual Christians. I've had it with church, so I just do my own thing. I read my Bible at home, and I'm fine. Well, you might just, some people justify that, but there's no biblical warrant for it at all. 
Because we have to attend, be part of, and community. That's what the Bible says. So we work it out. Just like family and community, we absolutely work it out. But the Bible clearly says we were put together, joined together, built together, members together, heirs together, fitted together, held together, and also one day we'll be caught up together to be with the Lord. So there's a togetherness, there's a community feel. We are a Christian. It's a one-to-one transaction when we put our faith in God, but then we become part of a, a part of a community. We were created for community. We're not on our own. Finally, quickly, we were, here it is, we were made to belong. Number three, we were made to belong. Psychologists tell us that in all, in every human being, there is a need to belong. Uh, people, people say it's important. Psychologists say a human emotional need is to affiliate with and be accepted by members of a group. This may include the need to belong to a peer group at school, to be accepted by co-workers, to be part of an athletic team, and to be part of a church group. I'm not nearly finished, guys, but it's okay. So we need to belong. We need to belong. So there's something about us that says that we need to belong. Okay? So you, you, you think about that. You, you, you decide whether, that's, whether that kind of fits you. But this is what the Bible says. In Romans 12, verse 5, it says this, In Christ, we, though, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. There's an interesting scripture. So according to the Bible, we belong to each other. Now, this is my wife... I am her husband, so we, we, there's a, a sense of belonging. We don't own each other, but you understand where, where, where I'm going with this. You would say that with your family, but we've got, to, we've got to extend this greater than this. In this church family, in this community, we belong to each other. So it actually does matter how we treat each other. It actually does matter what we say about each other because we belong. This is community, this is family. We belong together, one body, many, one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And of course, that goes beyond this particular expression of God's kingdom, this church. It goes to other churches in, in this area. It goes across the world. It goes to the universal church, that we belong to each other. We don't know 99.9% of the people who love God, we just don't know them because they're in faraway countries and, and so on and so forth. But if you ever travel to another nation and you meet with other Christians, even if you can't understand the language they speak and you kind of work through an interpreter, and I've done quite a bit of that in, in Europe, and, and, but there's still something that you understand that you belong, that we belong together, that, that, there's, that there's something about our common um, family that we belong to God that we understand. In Christ, we who are many... many form one body. Now it's easy, easier to say, I belong to Jesus. I'm under new management. I don't belong to myself. I belong to God. And he's my Lord. He's my master. He's my savior. He's my father. It's easier to say that than say, and I belong to you. That's a, a lot easier relationship than that kind of relationship. But we've got to figure this out. Because we've got to work at it. We've got to work it out because the Bible says that we belong. The Bible says that we were made to belong. 
not to a religious organization, a building, but to the people of God. We belong together. We belong to the people of God. You know, you, you might have if childhood memories of being excluded from something. You know, when, when your, your best friend doesn't speak to you for 30 minutes or so, like the world's come to an end. It's the end of the world. Or, or you've been, you know, you've been last picking the football team, you know, all lining up and pick me. And then, you know, you get put in goals or something at the end. It's, you kind of feel like you missed out. You're the, you're the last pick, you're excluded. But that's not what happens in God's community. We were made to belong. So we're not made to be separate. We're made to be together. We're made to belong. So we, those childhood memories may be what they, what they are, but you know, church is not just a weekly meeting to turn up for when we feel like it. It's a family which we belong to where we give and receive. So we receive so much blessing from being part of other people and we can be a blessing to others by being part of this family. So this is the new family that we are talking about. God designed us to be together. We, need, we were made to belong. You know, and, and, and our life groups through the week are a good way to feel like you belong in a small community and get together wherever that might be. You can share joys and hardships. You can pray together. You can drink good coffee together. Don't serve bad coffee in life group. That's almost unforgivable. We can be together. We can work together. Absolutely. We're supposed to be Sunday, we appreciate the wonder of the fact we're part of a bigger group and we're part of a universal church. Millions, billions of people across the world who love and serve Jesus. Whatever you hear on the news, whatever the media tries to say, the church worldwide is thriving. Absolutely doing great. Thriving. But when we're part of that and we remind ourselves when we come together uh, and so on. So... How, do you, how would you define belonging? What does that kind of mean to you, to belong? Think about it. Think about it. We were formed for family. We were created for community. We were made to belong. And just to remind you what I said first up. God loves us, chose us, adopted us, included us, and marked us. We have been transformed from being in not in God's family, to being part of God's family. And I want you to feel with me that we're equal, full members of this family. There's not like a pecking order. There's not like some people are more family than others. No, no, not at all. We've been adopted. A deliberate decision by God ahead of time to adopt you in. Something that gives him great pleasure. New identity, a new purpose. We have a new family and God is our Father. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.